Hey, I know you're probably driving or running or cleaning the house or doing something else when you're listening to this, but look, if you're a B2B marketer and you need to start generating revenue from your marketing, then you have to check out our 12-week program, the B2B Incubator. It's built for small, in-house B2B marketing teams with limited time and budget. We give you the strategy, the templates, and the tools to start driving revenue, not just leads. So if you're ready to act on all the advice Kevin and I give you, next time you take that first sip of coffee in the morning, make sure you head to the B2B Incubator and apply now. There's only 10 spots available per cohort with our next one launching at the end of May, 2024. Remember, the B2B Incubator, apply now so you don't miss out. We've had B2B marketing managers, CMOs, marketers in demand generals, content leads, and more all go through this program and they're currently executing the demand strategies that they've created. Some are now even contributing as much as 80% of the pipeline to their business after working through it. Make sure you check out the b2bincubator.com and apply now to start driving more demand and more revenue for your brand. Okay, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the B2B Playbook Podcast. Each week, we discuss strategies and tactics to help B2B businesses grow online. We're your hosts, Kevin and George, a couple of digital marketing professionals. We've waded through the noise and made the mistakes so you don't have to. The B2B world has changed and you need to put your customers at the heart of your marketing. We'll cover how you can use our framework, the five Bs, to create a brand that customers are ready to buy from, love and advocate for. We'll get insights from successful people in the industry and cover the latest trends to keep you on the cutting edge of the B2B world. If you're interested in B2B marketing strategies and tactics that work, then this podcast is for you. Subscribe to get the latest from the B2B playbook first. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer. Welcome back to the B2B Playbook, the podcast where Kevin and I share our 5 Bs framework for demand generation. We've been releasing it step-by-step for the last hundred and something episodes. We're right at the end of season five, and we wanted to circle back to our 5 Bs framework, which is, of course, as we just said, is what this podcast is all about. Today, we're going to talk through why we made it, what this framework is all about, and how you listeners can use it to generate demand. And listeners, we've done a few, if you've been with us for a while, we've done a few of these just to check in, just to remind you of what the framework is all about, what the podcast is all about, and what we hope you get from the show. It gets more and more nuanced every time we talk about it, even if it's just a little bit. And we hope that's a good reminder for you to go back and have a look at your full framework and see if you're hitting all the different points and if you're really using it for the purpose it it was intended. If not, maybe you're adapting it for the better. That's great, but it's a great time to review and reflect on how we're using the framework and how it's helping your business and how we're hopefully then playing a part in that with the podcast. So let's jump right in. Why did we make it? Why did we start it in the first place? What is the 5Bs framework even? We're here to show businesses how they can generate demand with a step-by-step framework that's called our 5Bs framework. And what is it? It's basically our simple framework for marketers to consistently drive revenue for B2B companies. It's based on people at its core. It's not based on platforms. It's not based on ads or running uh, particular channels or tactics. It's about that whole framework that looks at how can you consistently drive revenue 
for your B2B business. Some call it demand generation. We just call it good old sustainable B2B marketing that really goes back to the core marketing fundamentals. Why we don't call something along those lines of sustainable marketing or marketing fundamentals and instead use that demand generation term is frankly just because the demand gen movement is out there. It's an existing category. Uh, it has rising interest. There's job titles to match out there as well. And it aligns a lot with how we approach things in building a business within our own framework. Go after that established category that people understand that people already know about and build yourself as an expert there before trying to branch out into different areas and making that segment your own. And we don't have the resources, frankly, to be doing that, to be building a new category. We don't even have the time really to create a new term and to build the knowledge around that or to make people care about something as boring as sustainable B2B marketing. We are here to try and get value out to people as quickly as possible. It is a bit of a boring term, Kevin, and I think we pulled the pin on sustainable B2B marketing when I had someone reach out to me and say, it's fantastic you guys are talking about sustainable strategies. I really care about the planet and the environment too. Okay, look, I care about that, but that is absolutely not what this podcast is about. We are not here to solve the world's energy crisis or anything like that. We are just here to share our own demand generation strategy step by step. We're here to make B2B marketers' lives easier Kevin and I have both experienced our fair share of pain as a B2B marketer. And so once we found and pieced together the strategy that we wish was there for us, we thought, let's share it with people. Let's share this 5Bs framework that people can follow step by step. One of the great pains for Kevin and I was, look, we started out as performance marketers. We thought that we were absolutely the kings of performance marketing. We thought we knew everything about marketing. We thought you could just put a dollar in, get a dollar fifty out. We had clients that were spending up to $30 million and we were just doing this and thought we could scale to the moon. When it got to B2B marketing, we both had our own rude shocks that this is not marketing. This is not how this works. Performance is just one little part of marketing, but B2B marketing is so deeply about relationships. And so just being a master of a platform was never, ever going to be enough. So we went on this huge soul-searching, fact-finding mission to test different strategies to see which ones worked and when. And that's when ultimately we found out that a lot of these traditional marketing principles have just been lost in the noise in the last 20 years. Of course, they've been updated and there are tools and methods to help us execute them more effectively, but no one was talking about what to do and when. And that's where our 5Bs framework came into place. And so once we tested that framework for ourselves with a bunch of clients we work with and we had repeatable success, we said, let's release this as a resource for free because that's what we were looking for. So we ended up saying, look, what's the best way to release this? We thought podcast was going to be easiest for us to execute. We sat down, we mapped out that it would take us roughly 100 episodes to release this strategy step by step. And that's where the B2B Playbook podcast came about. That's why there's five seasons right now because each B in our 5Bs framework is mapped to a season. We're at the end of season five. We've pretty much shared our framework. And here we are, Kevin. What a journey and what a ride it's been. Not that we're ending it. Uh, there's plenty more to talk about and to dive deep into. And we'll let you know a little bit more about that in the weeks to come. But let's step back right now and dive a little deeper into some of the most common problems that we were trying to solve with the podcast of 
apart from our own need to have a framework out there that actually did what we wanted it to do when we first started in B2B marketing and all those things that George just talked about. The first one, of course, is what he mentioned before about having that performance marketing background and not being able to scale it, particularly in B2B marketing. When we moved that B2C model into B2B, it just didn't fly. The conversations that you need to have with potential customers was so much longer. The numbers just didn't stack up when you're trying to do a performance marketing way of growing a B2B business. And that's the biggest problem. And what we got it down to at its core is that businesses in B2B marketing and in general typically are focused on selling to the 3% that are ready to buy right now. That is like swimming in a pool full of sharks because every one of your competitors is also going after that same 3%. No one's looking at the 97% of other people in the market who maybe aren't ready to buy right now, maybe don't even realize they have a problem and they need to be educated, they need to be nurtured through to the point where they're in that 3%. And sometimes it might just be because they are in a different time in the growth of their business or they don't have that particular pain point that you're talking to, but you need to educate them to get them in early to understand and be exposed to your brand so that you can have that relationship of trust by the time they are ready to buy. And so that is one common problem that we saw in B2B businesses when they came to marketing their business and something that we hoped the framework would try and solve. Kev, let me just add to that. You said that there's only 3% of your total market who's in buy mode right now. So out of a thousand companies, there's only 30 companies that are actually actively looking for a solution like you offer at this point in time. You might think to yourself, oh, that's okay. We can win over 30 companies. That's fantastic. But Kevin, let me tell you some more research that layers on top of this to show you why people have such a hard time scaling if they're only focusing on demand capture. And it's actually some research from Bain & Co that shows that 81% of companies will not buy from you unless you're top of mind before they start looking for a solution. So that means if they haven't heard of you before, most will not buy from you even if they discover you at the point where they're ready to buy. So it's incredibly important to be top of mind before someone is looking to buy from you. So that means that the 3% of the market that's ready to buy right now, only 20% of that 3% would consider purchasing you if you don't do demand creation. And trying to find those is like a needle in a haystack. So 20% of 3%, what's that, Kevin? I'm trying to do some maths again. Is that 0.6% or something? I don't know, but it's tiny. and that is the number of people in market realistically that you can get to buy from you if you're not doing work in demand creation. Yeah, it's really very tiny and just not sustainable for B2B businesses to be going after them in a paid channel. How likely are you to outbid all your competitors to then be top of mind in that last 20%? You're really not going to be able to grow your B2B business if you're going just after the paid channel. So we introduce concepts like the five stages of awareness, bringing content that's helpful to the general market to educate them through those five stages of awareness. And it's all things that you should be looking at in solving that problem of how do you scale a B2B business when the total addressable market available to you is so small. The second problem that we found a lot of B2B marketers were facing were internally, there's so much pressure just to focus on driving lead numbers. The more lead numbers you get in, the better it is. 
but then they hit that wall where so many of those leads, as you grow the lead numbers, the quality starts to drop. Even if they stay the same, there's just not enough quality leads to turn into opportunities to then turn into revenue. Results in that respect then become a misalignment between marketing and sales and marketing and the business. And it's also just a very inefficient way to drive pipeline. You're focusing on quantity of leads over quality. This whole MQL problem just builds on itself and gets worse and worse over time until at the end of the day, who's on the chopping block when things don't work out well, usually marketing first. That's right. It's a horrible misalignment. It's We see it time and time again. It's incredibly common and that's something that we need to deal with as well. Okay, the third problem that we're trying to address by generating demand is the era of dark social. What is dark social? It's essentially word of mouth that can't be tracked. Now, how people are buying is changing. Often people don't want sales to be involved as much. People want to do a lot of their own research. We connect to peers much more easily now than we ever could before. And we trust them and we ask them for recommendations. We trust them so much more than we do vendors or we do even big vendor reports. So it's really important for marketers to build relationships with the community before you're asking them to buy. And that's why it's so important to do things that create really positive word of mouth experiences. That comes down to making sure your product's fantastic, but also creating marketing that is genuinely helpful and gives people a reason to share you beyond them having a great product experience. It's really why the second B in our five B's framework is called be helpful. And that's all about how do you make your dream customer love you before they even start working with you or buying your product or buying your service. And that should be the objective of all marketing teams. And it's a very powerful component to building your demand generation engine. All right, folks, quick breather here. In my time in B2B marketing, generally I've come to realize that there are just certain tools that can be an absolute game changer. And that's why I'm really excited to talk about Leadfeeder. Uh, It's a tool that helps you cut through the data and turn those website visitors into solid leads and opportunities for your business. Leadfeeder shows you which companies are checking out your site, tracking their behavior, and it integrates all of this with your CRM. And the result is it's basically like a secret weapon for targeted lead engagement, and it really makes it easier for your team to convert website traffic into sales. Head to leadfeeder.com, give it a free demo, and you'll also get a free extended premium trial when you let the rep know that you found out about Leadfeeder through the B2B Playbook podcast. That's leadfeeder.com. Okay, check it out. Back to the show. Just on that, George, the era of dark social, it's just going to get bigger and bigger, isn't it? With less tracking available, with more glut of content out there from the advent of AI. Actually, when we started out this podcast, a lot of these things hadn't happened. And now that more and more of them have developed and have progressed, we've actually gotten deeper into this era of dark social. We've gotten more to the point where brand is so much more important, where reputation and trust is so much more important. Understanding that most people follow the advice and the recommendations of their friends, of their colleagues, of their acquaintances is so much more important than it used to be. 
we're really much, much deeper in that area of dark social. And that just means we need to do a lot more in demand generation and move away from that focus on demand capture, on uh, generating leads and on tracking every single little thing that happens in the customer journey because you just can't these days. You can't. And we're not going back to that era, unfortunately, for some. But I think for us, we view it as a positive. We're going to have these brands come back to doing things that are actually helpful to us as consumers, to us as potential customers. And that's going to be a win for us. It's going to be a win for businesses as well because they then spend less time giving all this money to the big software platforms, to the big social media tools, and spending more of their money and time on talking to customers and bringing to market something that customers actually want, that they've said they actually want from the buying experience. Kev, just to add to that, I just saw a post from Apollo.io, they're a competitor of Zoom Info, and some very good friends of the podcast, some good friends of ours who have been on, Mer Yoli Arias and Taylor Bogar have both been on the podcast. They were at Chili Piper, they've since moved to Apollo, and they called out that they're one of the fastest growing LinkedIn pages over the last year. And they're absolutely smashing Zoom info. They're second only to Gong in terms of like total number of following their page. And they said, this is fantastic. It's great now that Zoom info are putting up job ads for marketing managers and social media managers that it paid very well. And they're saying they see the value in it. And now let's see which one is going to drive more value for the user? Which one is going to drive more value for the dream customer? This competition is only healthy because the dream customer should win. Both have the aim of trying to make their dream customers' lives better. And I think that's a really healthy approach from Apollo. We'll see if Zoom Info matches it. But it's just lovely to see, Kev, that our past guests are out there prop propelling that message forward. They've now got enormous resources behind them. I think they got a $100 million funding round just recently at Apollo. So very excited to see how that continues to grow and evolve. Yeah, fantastic to hear that it's really kicking off in that area into that demand generation era. It's fantastic for businesses and customers alike, as I said, and hopefully we'll see a lot of that develop in the coming years. But we've hopped on a lot about the framework and why it was created and what it is and what it's for, but we haven't really talked about that overview of what's in the framework. So let's jump into that now. Five stages, as George mentioned, it started off with be ready, which is all about deeply understanding your dream customers. And in that season, we talked about some very fundamental marketing principles and general principles like the 80-20 principle, positioning, messaging, the dream 100, which is always a crowd favorite, and all these things and how to use them to deeply understand your dream customers. Then we moved on to be helpful, which is all about building those relationships of trust by educating and entertaining in the digital space that we're in now. We then took that base of helpful content and understanding of our dream customers. And we moved on to the third B, which is be seen, where we accelerated the creation of demand and those relationships at scale by starting to push it through those pay channels. So we're not saying pay channels has no place in the framework at all. They certainly have their place, but definitely after you have the foundations right and you're moving in the right direction already. And then you can use those pay channels to amplify that content, to amplify that helpful content that you're pushing out to dream customers and then you can use it as well at that point to start closing some of the demand you're generating 
and be better, which is what we talked about last season. We talked about all the things that you can do to optimize your B2B marketing workflow. Now you've got this moving beast of demand generation engine in your business. How do you improve on it? How do you get the most out of it and the best bang for your buck as you start to grow, as you start to really build out that demand generation engine and really mature in your approach in the market. And we hope that season will really help you make sure that once those foundations are in place, you can get better and better with your demand generation engine. And finally, this season, we've been talking about Be The Best, which is some more advanced tactics that the bigger guys use like neuromarketing, but at the same time, we wanted to remind you of what the framework is about. We talked about things like the circular framework, and we talked about things like thinking outside the framework and utilizing it and making it your own so that you continue to be leaders in your industry. But importantly, you personally become an expert as well and continue to hold that position in an evergreen way, which is exactly how we intended the framework to be used to be that evergreen framework that you can keep going back to and keep getting value from and keep building it into your own tool as well. It's a very holistic framework. And Kevin, I'm just going to layer on a little bit of social proof for our listeners out there. If you haven't been executing the advice or you're just joining us for the first time, we've been very lucky to have for quite some time now, probably three or four, at least three or four marketers reach out a week to tell us that they've been following our podcast or following our LinkedIn for a long time. They've been executing our 5 Beast framework in-house and they're having really great results from it. And we have a whole wall of love page on our website, which is dedicated to just wonderful testimonials that we haven't asked people for because we want to share it with people. We want people to believe that this is a great strategy, that it's helping them. We want to show you that's the case. And it's there, all there for you for free. If you want to listen for an episode one to episode 100 and something, where we share our framework step-by-step, step, it's all there for you to take. Kevin, I think maybe at this point, it's a good opportunity for us to talk about really who are we targeting with this strategy? Who at the moment are we saying this is really for? Who have we custom built the podcast for and the B2B incubator for, which is our demand generation program? Well, George, we said from day one that we really built it for the small in-house B2B marketing teams who really have no time to put a lot of this in context and into motion themselves. But we've had a great response from B2B marketers of all different sizes and also people like in sales, business managers, business owners, what have you, and they all get value from the content. So for us, we think anyone who's involved in doing B2B marketing within a business, this framework is where you'll get some value out from it. But really we're focused in on helping those B2B marketing teams, particularly those in-house who are really struggling for time, who really are hitting a lot of those three pain points we talked about earlier, whether it's not enough scale within the market that they're going after or just that misalignment between marketing and sales and what value you're really driving for the business. Those are the kind of things that if you're experiencing, this framework is for you. And frankly, it's for people like us, right? People who were getting into B2B marketing from a B2C side or who then moved in-house into a B2B marketing role, which I've done, or like yourself, who are consulting with B2B businesses who really are not at that level where they're ready to do a lot of demand generation, where they're still very much sales-led organizations or they're just generally struggling to find those channels to grow on. 
this framework really puts together all those tactics into something that you can action, that you can help reason your way through your own situation so that you can start to apply the framework to help you start scaling and building in the right direction in your B2B business. That's right, Kevin. Look, at the moment when we run our advertising and our landing page and all that kind of stuff, we are very specifically targeting B2B marketing managers. That's purely a go-to-market strategy from us. It does apply to a wider range of people, but that is really who we're targeting at that moment because they're the ones who need these tools desperately the most. They're the ones who are able to take on a demand generation as an initiative and roll it out to the rest of their team or just do it themselves if they're a team of one, which is very often. Kevin, we often get requests from people saying, we love your podcast, we're very bored in on demand generation and your approach, but we just don't have the time or resources to do it. Can you guys just do it for us? And time and time again, Kevin, we say, look, we would love to, but unfortunately, we just can't. And that is because there's ultimately a limitation of what agencies can do for you. So look, we do work with a handful of clients where we do some of the execution work ourselves, but generally we have chosen to enable our in-house marketers to do all of this work. And it's because there are so many elements to great B2B marketing that just can't be done by a third party. Things like being able to have a real deep understanding of your customers, being able to regularly conduct customer interviews, being able to align with sales, being able to enable your subject matter experts to help your dream customers as much as possible. There's no use in that relationship being developed with the third party. That needs to be done in-house. That needs to be passed onto the team. It's a lot of work that needs to be done internally. And quite frankly, if we were to just do it as an external party, as an agency, it doesn't scale for us because we have to be in your business pretty much full time. And that's not really what we want to do. And so if you're dealing with an agency that says they're going to do this for you, they better be charging you an arm and a leg because it is a lot of work and they need to make some cherry on top as well. Marketing goes to the core of a business. It's a key driver of revenue. This is something that needs to be aligned with the whole business. So it really has to be in-house. But listeners, we're not going to leave you in the lurch. We have put together something that's a bit more actionable in the form of the B2B incubator. And again, that's really born out of the need uh, that our customers showed us that they had. So you guys, the listeners, the businesses that approached us, when you said we need something that helps us execute, yes, we hear you that you can't do it uh, just off the bat. For us, we understand that a lot of this needs to happen in-house, but I still don't have the resources or time or even the knowledge and know-how to practically execute it. How do I do that in-house? That's why we built the incubator program. So it's a 12-week program where we help you build your demand generation and we keep you accountable and give you a time frame and lay out all the steps that you need to do to follow the framework and have that executed within that 12 week framework. Maybe it takes a little bit longer for you to do your market research. Maybe it takes a little bit longer for you to put together your brand and your messaging, but that's okay. Within a roughly a 12 week time frame, you'll have something ready to go. And that's what the incubator is for. We give you all the templates, all the documentation that you need to actually go through this process in-house with your team, whether that's your sales team, your C-suite, or the rest of your marketing team, or everyone that we've just listed. 
and to get that all down on paper and moving in the right direction, right from the incubator itself. And shameless plug, but <laughs> if you are interested in having a helping hand in that process, the incubator is definitely something you should check out and consider if it's right for you. That's it. It's the B2B incubator.com or if you go to the B2B playbook.com, hit the tab that says for serious markets in the header, it'll take you straight to our landing page. You can learn more about exactly what's covered, but it very closely follows our five B's framework and gives you the templates and tools to execute it. We've had marketing managers, CMOs, content leads all go through the program. They've all got a ton from it. One CMO who completed it recently, she told us that since doing the program and creating her demand engine in the program, that now marketing is contributing 80% of pipeline for her business. It's been a huge unlock for them. She said it's one of the best things that they've done. And we're very, very excited to see that. And it's fantastic to see so many good news stories come from the program when we look forward to sharing that more and more as this podcast progresses. So make sure you check out the b2bincubator.com or the b2bplaybook.com and you'll find it there. Our next cohort launches in February. We tend to do them once a quarter. We have six live Q&As as well. We can ask any question you want related to your own business. As Kevin said, it's about keeping you guys accountable as well because we know you have such busy, busy days. You're constantly responding to requests from the business, requests from sales, but you know that you have to get this long-term strategy in place. If you don't get it in place, it means that marketing is never truly going to drive a business forward and this is a forcing function for you to do it. So make sure you go and check out the program because we built it for people just like you and people just like you have gone through it and they're getting some really great results from it and it's making their lives a lot easier. Maybe that's why we started this whole thing, isn't it, George? We wanted to feel good about ourselves and the contribution we can make to businesses. That's exactly right. A far cry from our sad, sad starts in corporate law, Kevin. Much happier now in marketing, helping people. All right, Kev, let's take it back to the B2B playbook and just share a little bit about why we chose to do that on as a podcast. Why didn't we start with YouTube? Listeners, we decided a podcast was the best format for us because, to be honest, it was one of the easiest to get started. We initially tried to start out as a video podcast. I went over to Kevin's house. We had a script for an introductory episode written. Kevin made me a beautiful carbonara pasta. He bought the guanciale fresh. It was gorgeous. He did a wonderful job. But when we sat down after our lunch to record it and we were sitting in front of the cameras, we read from the script, we look at the video, we played it back. He and I just nearly died. It was terrible. We were cringing so hard. It was so scripted. And we just thought this is going to be way too hard to commit to. What's going to be an easier thing to do? Let's just do audio only. If we do audio only, we don't have to worry about what our faces look like on camera. We don't have to worry about our expressions. We don't have to worry about the fact that we look like we're reading from a piece of paper. It's much easier to stop and start to edit and cut. And so we committed to just doing it as a podcast initially. And that's where we began. And that's where we recommend most of our listeners begin because it's a fantastic way to make that pillar piece of content easily recordable, something that's easy to turn up for. We put it in our diaries to do it every single week. And then that just became the absolute fuel for our content engine. I'll tell you what, George, even editing these back uh, each week as we do the recordings, it's still a little cringe, but I'll tell you what, it's a lot better than that first episode. I haven't watched it in a long time and I don't think I will want to, but I think we've come a long way and hopefully 
most importantly, we're getting that helpful content out there for our listeners and people are getting value from it, which they seem to be getting. So that's the most important thing. However cringeworthy these shows are now and into the future. Speaking of the future, where are we in that journey? We finished the five Bs, as George said. We finished the five Bs, and so we're at the end of the framework. But the format of the show is designed to be evergreen and serial. You can go back and listen to it in order, and regularly people will do. We see that a lot in the behavior. They go back and listen to old episodes that are relevant to them and get that value where they need it the most. It's not really guest-driven because we really see the framework as the thing that's driving the most value It's helping you build that framework in your own mind of understanding how B2B marketing works in this day and age. And a lot of times it's the same as an eon ago when things first started. But we still see a lot of value in bringing those guest insights as we have in recent weeks to get those guests on at the end of each season to really highlight how those principles that we talked about each season are being implemented, look like in practice and what the results can be. So expect that to be part of the seasons as well as you go back and listen to them. That's been the format so far, but as we get to the end of the framework, what's next? We want to dive back into some of those key concepts and to bring on some guests again to talk about the different insights they can give that's maybe a little bit more nuanced now that we've been through the full framework and you have that framework in mind. Maybe we can dive a little deeper into things like uh, social selling or the science behind neuromarketing and how it plays into different parts of the B2B framework. These are things that we'll dive into as the weeks come into the next season. And uh, we're excited to share all these more nuanced things about the framework and Interspersed with all that, we'll, of course, go back and remind our listeners of what the framework looks like, where things sit in to that framework, and how to even interpret some of the topical conversations that are happening in marketing and B2B marketing specifically. It's almost a relief, Kevin, that we've got this 5Bs framework out there. Now we can talk about exactly what we want to talk about each week. Things might be a little bit topical, but we're always going to be able to refer back to that 5Bs framework. And That's the whole point of this is things are going to come up, new things are going to come out, certain tactics and execution will change, but the 5Bs framework will remain steady. It's very flexible. It's based on fundamental marketing principles that are tied to human behavior. So we really can't see that changing for a very long time. And so now that we've laid those pillars in the ground, our 5Bs framework, we've laid it out over a hundred and something episodes. We can now talk to things that are a little bit more topical, a little bit more relevant, and hopefully give you listeners a bit of context around how you should think about this in the context of our framework. So it's not constantly overwhelming. It doesn't feel like you're falling behind and you're not getting that anxiety like the marketing world is progressing without you. That's it. But George, let's maybe reflect at this point in the conversation about what's changed in the framework since we started all this. I think the biggest thing that comes to mind is obviously we're talking about demand generation now where that wasn't really a term when we first started the podcast. We didn't really understand that whole movement that was already out there and we now heavily leaned into it. But I think probably one of the biggest changes is like how much AI has impacted our space and every industry out there, but particularly marketing, particularly with the glut of content that's coming. But it's we talked about it in the previous episode, but it's just so interesting to see how that's actually amplifying a lot of the things that we've been talking about in the framework and how much more important it is to actually have those customer conversations, 
to take the learnings from those real life interactions or person to person interactions and put that into your marketing instead of putting more paid dollars behind a marketing engine that you have no idea how it works. Yeah, and on AI, Kevin, we did quite a few episodes covering it. We had a great expert on as well to discuss how marketers can use it today. But the way that we see it is it's a tool to help you amplify things. It's probably, Kevin, almost in that be better stage of the 5Bs framework, I think, is probably where it is. If you follow our framework and you take a helpful content approach and your content is led with subject matter experts and you're recording them with video or audio in a podcast or getting them to write an extended piece of content every week, and that content is based on real-life stories, real-life examples, key data points, AI can help you repurpose that and make the distribution of that content much easier. So it's a way of just helping you take that initial human contact and uh, contact point and information and enabling you to redistribute it and get in front of more eyeballs faster. Everyone else is going to say, fantastic, AI can do all our content for us. If you do that, you're just going to be lost in the sea of sameness. You won't have a competitive advantage. You will not drive demand. So just make sure you go back and listen to some of those episodes around how we recommend you use AI, how we're currently using it in our content repurposing framework. And of course, we still have an episode around our content repurposing framework, which is proving very popular and a very popular way for people to go about executing a ton of content very efficiently that features subject matter experts. So yeah, Kev, I would agree. AI is probably the, I think that the way that people are going to use it might not be the best way forward. But just remember to always keep the human at the heart of what it is that you're doing and you should be okay. Yeah, fantastic round out notes. And I think, George, something else that's changed in the framework as we go through the podcast is it's expanded. I think it's expanded well beyond the marketing realm that we started in. We're talking to people in sales. We're talking to people probably more in customer success than anything else at different times. Uh, we're going deeper into the beginning stages of customer research and interviewers and things like that. And we're talking to all different aspects outside of marketing as well. And it's just, it's interesting to see how many different aspects of a business seem to fall back on the same issues that people are having. Quality of leads are dropping. The number of leads are not there. We can't scale our B2B business. And it all comes down to the same sort of problems and underlying issues that Hopefully the framework is there to help you solve. If you execute it right, if you start to talk to your dream customers, you'll get back to the marketing fundamentals and business fundamentals at the end of the day that will help drive your B2B marketing and your B2B business forward. So I think that's also a big shift in the framework and I think a necessary and welcome one as we expand what's in the remit of marketing and who you actually need to talk to because in real life, the marketing department, it's not siloed. It's working in tandem and hopefully working very well in tandem with the rest of the business, with sales, with customer success, with the C-suite and senior leadership and all those different parts of the business that need to work together with marketing. Because as you said earlier, George, marketing goes to the core of the business. It's the key to driving revenue and it needs the rest of the business to work together with it for it to do its job properly. George, what about more practically, how can people act on a five piece framework? 
Yeah, look, listen through to the podcast. Take notes uh, if you can. Watch us on YouTube, Kev. I think we've been releasing the last 40 or so episodes on YouTube as well. We often add in a few more visuals. Sometimes I go to my whiteboard, which provides a little more context around what we're saying. And there's some helpful diagrams too. My apologies for my god-awful hand drawings. But look, hopefully it just provides a little bit more context around what it is that we're saying. And look, again, if you're ready to act on this, if you want to do it now, if you really like our framework, if you like what we're saying and you agree that it's the way forward, just join the waitlist for our program, the B2B Incubator. The next launch is in February. It's where you will be forced to create your demand engine over 12 weeks. You guys are busy. I know we're all very, very busy. And this is just going to force you to take that plunge. We often find that it works even better when more than one person from your company joins. So you can go away and each week discuss the materials with the rest of your team, look at how to actually execute it, have those conversations with people internally. And so people who have done it with someone else are normally very, very successful and have great outcomes from it as well. Again, check out the b2bincubator.com or the b2bplaybook.com and you'll see it all there. Yeah, and that's a great alignment piece, isn't it, George? It really actually helps if you have someone from the sales team join. It's really relevant and there's parts of it that's really relevant and helpful to them to understand first what the marketing team does, but second, to give them really helpful insights and very key insights because they have those relationships directly with your dream customers. They can feed into different parts of the framework. And at the end of the day, as George said, if you have someone else in the business that you're talking to, particularly in the sales team, if you're in marketing, then that's an easy way into alignment because you two are talking about the same kind of things, the same principles and discussing together how you can make that relationship better. So very helpful uh, in the feedback uh, we've gotten very helpful for helping sales and marketing align as well. All right, George, key takeaways from this episode. Uh, the first is the five piece framework is for B2B marketing and it's our simple framework where marketers can consistently drive revenue for B2B businesses. It's based on people, not platforms, and it puts the customer at the heart of your marketing. Secondly, hopefully you as B2B marketers will then be able to apply this very practical framework into your own marketing, into your own careers, and continue to be evergreen just like the framework. Beautiful. Thank you, Kevin. Listen, as always, you can find links to everything that we discussed in the show notes. And Kevin and I are just so grateful that every week more and more marketers are tuning into the B2B Playbook podcast or watching us on YouTube every Monday morning. And if we could ask one thing, it would be to please pass the show on to someone who you think would get value from it. It's a huge help to us. Also, please leave your feedback in comments. It's great for us. It's great for the algorithm. It helps people like you discover this content and we really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, listeners. Take care and catch you next week. Thank you, George. Thank you, listeners. Catch you all next week. A quick note before you go, listeners. You can find more great content and get in touch with us at theb2bplaybook.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter while you're there to get the latest news, tips, and resources from our playbook. We'll be back the same day and same time with another episode next week. Thanks for tuning in to the B2B Playbook. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer.